Welcome to Trip Talk. I'm Jennifer Napier Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. About 34,000 wild horses roam on Utah's public lands today and in other western states, but that's still more than the Bureau of Land Management says is sustainable. So to control the wild horse population, the BLM periodically rounds up animals to sell. But now, Iron County here in Utah, officials say that the BLM is not acting fast enough, and they say too many horses are trampling sensitive habitat in their county, and as a result, they're planning a roundup of their own this week. And today on the program, we're talking about this controversy decision and what the options are when dealing with wild horse overpopulation in the West. Joining me on the Google Hangout today is Suzanne Roy. She's director of the advocacy group American Wild Horse Preservation Campaign and she's joining us from her office in North Carolina. And Suzanne, thank you so much for your time today. I'm grateful. Oh, thank you for having me on. Also with us, Brett Prettyman. He's outdoor reporter here at the Tribune and he's joining us in the newsroom. Brett, great to have you back. Thanks, Jennifer. I spoke with Iron County Commission Chair Dave uh, Miller. He said he would would try to join this conversation. Hopefully he can ju jump in a little bit late, but if not, um, we'll try and represent the thoughts that he conveyed uh, to me this morning. And we invite you, of course, to join our conversation as well. If you've got questions or comments about the Wild Horse Roundup planned this week in Iron County or about wild horses in the West generally, send your thoughts to the hashtag TribTalk on Twitter and Google+. You can put them in the comment section right here at sltrib.com, or you can send us a text, and that number, of course, is 801-609-8059. Uh, Brett, I'll start with you. Iron County officials want to conduct this roundup of wild horses. Uh, explain the reasons why. Well, uh, two reasons specifically. Um, probably first and foremost is, is the drought conditions that are facing uh, Utah, southern Utah, western Utah this year. Um, it's it's uh, It's a bad situation with a lot of animals out there already um, and the drought situation just makes it even more um, of a challenge to, uh, to to raise cattle and also to take care, good care of the horses. Um, and, and the other thing is that this has been going on for a while. The, uh, they say that uh, by the BLM's own accounts that their, their number of horses is exceedingly high for um, what the range can support and they've been putting off uh, taking care of things and they feel like uh, they the BLM is obligated by law to um, manage those horses in a controllable number. Hmm. Uh, as I mentioned I spoke with Commissioner Miller um, today he said the number of wild horses is five to seven times what it should be uh, he's estimating about 2,000 on the range when it should number about 300 by BLM standards. Does that um, sort of jibe with uh, the reporting that you've done, Brett? Yeah, the BLM has not um, said that those act, those numbers are inaccurate. The 2,000 seems a little higher. I think that they've said that the numbers are about 1,200 um, uh, where there should be 300, but I haven't heard the 2,000 number yet. So the plan is to round up these horses. How? Where would they put them? What would they do with them? Well, it's it's still all being worked out, and it may not happen this week. Um, uh, but that is the goal. I, uh, Iron County is working hard to make make it happen, um, and it will. Um, uh, it's gonna as it's being set up right now with the BLM. It would involve a partnership between the BLM and also the the ranchers and the county commission, um, where private property. Uh, would be used to um, hold horses that are rounded up. Um, I 
I've not heard that a helicopter, which is a traditional method of, of rounding up wild horses, um, will be used. Um, I think uh, at this point it's mostly going to be done kind of probably old western style uh, on horseback. Hmm. Suzanne, uh, your group obviously opposes th this kind of action. What is it about removing horses, um, rounding them up, that you say could violate federal law? What, what law are we talking about? That's right. The Wild Free Roaming Horses and Burrows Act um, was passed by Congress in 1971, and it protects wild horses uh, on public lands in the West. And it would be a federal crime for Iron County officials to conduct a roundup of wild horses on their own. Um, this is uh, being promoted by a small group of individuals who apparently believe that they are above the laws of the United States. It's blatantly illegal. Um, also, I'd like to address the uh, contention that there's an overpopulation of wild horses. That is a grossly <clears throat> inflated claim. Um, the BLM statistics for 2013, which are on their website, show that there are fewer than 3,500 wild horses in the whole state of Utah. And they're on 2.1 million acres of land. These are vast spaces of land, and there are very few horses out there. This morning I looked at the eight, the herd management areas that are in Iron County and the BLM's 200, 2013 estimates are about 400 horses on I think it's uh, 428 square miles of land. We are not talking about a lot of horses out there. What we are talking about is a lot of cattle. Private ranchers grazing cattle on our public lands at taxpayer subsidized rates, they pay about one-sixteenth of market rate to graze their cattle on our public lands, and they <clears throat> believe they've been asked to reduce the cattle grazing by a certain percentage by the BLM, and they are not happy with this, and so they're taking it out, retaliating against the horses, grossly distorting the situation with regard to population figures. and completely obscuring the fact that these are our public lands. These public lands belong as much to me in North Carolina and our parent organization uh, supporters in California as they do to the small number of ranchers in um, Utah. And um, right now they're flaunting federal law and it's really an unacceptable situation and really disturbing is the fact that the BLM is apparently apparently caving to their um, what in essence are bullying tactics. Brett, you spoke with the BLM. Uh, Commissioner Miller said that under the 1971 law the BLM is actually breaking the law right now. They're required to immediately reduce populations when they become aware. Um, what what is the BLM's version of this story? Uh, it's it's um, <laughs> it's a good question. It's missing in a lot of ways. Um, uh, the the response I've had has not been as you know probably as thorough as as it should be. Uh, I, I get the feeling that um, they're you know kind of trying to let this work itself out. They are trying to get involved. Um, they are attending meetings with uh, Iron County and the ranchers. Um, they are offering some support 
they are saying that anything that does happen will be done in a very um, uh, safe way for animals. Um, uh, but as far as um, you know, I, I, th th there's more that they're not saying. It, mm. they're, they're holding information, I think. Mm. Yeah, and I, I need to address what you said because it's it's not it's it's not correct that um, the BLM is in violation of the law if they don't remove wild horse populations when they exceed appropriate management levels. In fact, they're required to make a two-step determination. One, that the horses are over the allowable management level, and two, that they're impacting the environment. And further, they have the agency has a regulation that allows it to reduce or eliminate livestock grazing in wild horse habitat areas in order to make habitat and forage available for wild horses. And again, we're talking about it's a really small amount of land that the horses are on compared to the much larger amount of public land that the ranchers have access to. So in all ways, this situation is being distorted. From a legal perspective, what you said is absolutely wrong. From the perspective of that there's a wild horse overpopulation, there's no wild horse overpopulation. We have an overpopulation of cattle and sheep on our public lands, mm. not federally protected wild horses. Talking about uh, wild horses and a plan to round up some wild horses in Iron County. We're speaking with Suzanne Roy with uh, an advocacy group uh, out of... Uh, North Carolina. Also with us, Brett Prettyman. He's our outdoor reporter. And we invite you to join us with your thoughts. If you want to send them along to the hashtag at TribTalk on Twitter and Google+, you can put them in our comment section right here at sltrib.com. Uh, so the overpopulation question, Brett, I mean, do you feel like it's been settled or, or not? I mean, we're hearing a lot from Suzanne that uh, the, the numbers that are presented have been grossly inflated. It, it depends on, you know, the, the BLM is not responding to answers about um, specific numbers and such. They, they haven't ever said that what um, the county is saying is, is wrong. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, the, there's a lot more depth to the story in the sense that if there is an overpopulation of horses for sure, it's in the holding facilities where the horses that have been rounded up are being held um, to, you know, for hopefully for an adoption at some point, um, and that relates back to the problem and the cost of of, of managing these wild horses and trying to control numbers, um, because they are um, set up in management areas and they are there are numbers that are are um, derived from what this range can support both for well not both but for wildlife for wild horses and for cattle as mm. it's designed. Hmm. Uh, right. Susanna, definitely, I, I want to get it right. I am not a lawyer and I'm not an expert, I um, but I am yeah. trying to represent the side that uh, Mr. Miller uh, relayed to me earlier. I, I want to get a couple of emails in here. Um, this is from Alan Anderson, Sanderson, excuse me, in Salt Lake City. Wild horses are feral and not native in the modern sense, just as cattle and other livestock are not native to the western rangelands. Both federal programs are in disorder and a drain on the federal budget. 
cattle and other livestock, as well as the feral horses, should all be rounded up and removed from the public rangelands forever. Forever, Neither are going to fare well in the long term, especially with climate change and other environmental changes. Um, another one from uh, Crypto666 on our website, sltrib.com. Why are we even discussing the protection of feral horses, which are absolutely destructive to our public lands? The damage is undeniable. The effects are obvious. There's no scientific debate. Horses do not belong. Uh, Suzanne, some strong feelings there. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about your response. Uh, what is the difference between a wild horse and a feral horse? Um, perhaps well, we can get that out of the way first. The, 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 the scientifically, the, the horse as a species is a native North American species. The horse evolved here on this continent and it is technically, in scientific terms, a native reintroduced species. But that's almost irrelevant to the legal status of the horse. You know, this has been a controversy for a long time, and Congress settled the controversy in 1971 when they declared that wild, free-roaming horses are federally protected, that they're living symbols of the pioneer spirit of the West, that they enrich the spirit of the American people, and that they are to be protected on the lands where they were found in 1971 as part of a natural component of, of the public land system. So the, the question has been decided. Congress passed that law unanimously. Imagine a law passing unanimously today in our Congress. The Congress received more letters in support of protecting wild horses at that time than they did on any other issue except the Vietnam War. Wild horses are supported the protection of wild horses is supported by the American public and it's not it's a debate that was settled 40 years ago by a unanimous act of Congress and we recently took a poll that found 73 percent of Americans support protecting wild horses on our public lands whereas um, only 29 percent of the public in a separate poll uh, found uh, supported livestock grazing on our public lands. So I think that the position of the American public is clear. The position of wild horses un under the laws of our country is clear. That there's a mandate for the federal government to protect these animals. I, I want to again represent some of the comments from Commissioner Miller in Iron County. Um, he said that those who oppose the roundup are quote arrogantly out of touch unquote. He defends the ranchers saying that they do love the land, they love the wildlife, they're very much fans of having the wild horses out there but it's a balancing act um, and he said that this situation that they're in right now really does meet the criteria of being an imminent threat. So I'm, I'm guessing the imminent threat is language from the 1971 law. Um, he, he, do you feel like um, you don't have all the facts in front of you, I guess, or as he argues that, you know, you're out of touch? No, I, I think that would be like projection. <laughs> um, the, the, Reality is, that I think the imminent threat that he's quoting is a Utah statute, but federal law trumps um, uh, state law. And uh, it's clear the BLM Wild Horse Handbook, which spells out management policy, makes clear what an emergency situation is. This is not an emergency. You know, emergency is like fire or something sudden. 
Um, it's not an emergency situation. The BLM has the regulations on its books to deal with a situation where there's a conflict like this. They can reduce livestock grazing in the small amount of land that's designated for wild horses. The ranchers don't like it. You know, they have access to millions of acres. They want it all. Um, but they are receiving our tax subsidies. Again, they graze their livestock on public lands at about 1 16th of market rate thanks to our tax dollars. And um, they need to make some compromises here. And the agency um, has, again, a mandate to protect wild horses, while livestock grazing is authorized entirely at the discretion of the Interior Secretary. It's a privilege, not a right. And they have access to a great number of public acres, but they want it all. They want, they want it all. Brett, I, I'm curious, does the BLM also look at overpopulation of other large mammals, such as deer and elk, and how are those populations regulated in comparison with the wild horse population? Uh, the BLM doesn't uh, oversee any other wildlife. Um, they, uh, so it would be at the state level? That's the Division of Wildlife Resources in Utah and the other specific state management agencies. Uh, they're very different. And, you know, it's, it's interesting if you, the, the Division of Wildlife in Utah has a very um, uh, useful tool on their website. It's a wildlife search and you can go and you can look up any wildlife in Utah. And I did that last week and there's no wild horses on there. Um, they, they, there's no doubt that they're here, but the state of Utah wildlife doesn't even recognize um, at least in that capacity that they exist. Uh, they do recognize that, that they do impact um, management of other species, um, specifically probably pronghorn, um, elk, bighorn sheep, deer, in areas where they are setting their management goals and objectives for other species, wildlife, native species, they are running into, um, you know, they have to um, provide input from the wild horse impacts when they're making those decisions as well. Um, in, in the fragile um, desert situations, um, that's even more challenging due to water scarcity and, and forage base availability. Hmm. I, I did reach out to a member of the BLM's Wild Horse Advisory Board. His name is Rick Danvier. Unfortunately, he's out on the range and, and uh, outside of um, the Internet. Um, but he, he did send me a statement he said I could use. Um, we want to have diverse and healthy populations of many species on our public lands. We need to maintain the land's ability to continually absorb moisture and produce the diverse plant life that sustains these wildlife species. Large herbivores like horses, cattle, elk, and bison can negatively impact land health if improperly stocked and managed. Um, he continues, we will uh, periodically need to remove horses from the land to maintain the health and productivity of the land. Even if we manage the allotments exclusively for horses, a time will come when the horse population will exceed the forage base. This will result in poor horse condition, poor production, poor land health, and increased mortality. Um, I want to just uh, uh, end with one final sentence. I know that roundups are stressful and that some horses will be injured, killed, and lose their freedom. Unfortunately, 
predation and overpopulation also result in stress injury and death. Nature's way of managing for the good of the population means some will suffer. I want to get your reaction to, to that, Suzanne. I don't know if you've interacted with this gentleman before, but um, uh, this idea that uh, there, there is a role for government to play in managing horses and other wildlife, um, and if you don't step in at some point, uh, those animals will suffer just because it's not sustainable on the land. Right. Well, um, I, I discussed this with Brett uh, the other day, but um, because we keep wild horses in these unnatural situations, you know, they're confined to the artificial boundaries of herd management areas. In many cases, predators are removed for uh, livestock growers, uh, mountain lions are killed. For hunting, also, um, the horses don't live in a natural system, so we do have to manage the horses in some way. We're not, we don't argue with that, um, but there is a better way to manage horses than allowing their populations to climb high and going in every few years and removing hundreds of horses and coming back four years later and doing the same thing again. That is costly, it's traumatic, and it's unsustainable. The populations grow. Um, the National Academy of Sciences did a review last year um, of the BLM Wild Horse Program. The BLM paid for it, the BLM requested it, and the findings were very strong, and they said that um, the business as usual, the BLM's business as usual will be expensive and unproductive for the agency and the public it serves. And that business as usual is conducting those roundups. And they said the BLM has the tools available now to begin to address some of the management challenges. And the primary tool is PZP fertility control. It's a vaccine that can be delivered remotely to mares, female horses, and it can prevent pregnancy and it can bring the reproductive rates down. Instead, the BLM continues to pursue the Roundup approach, which ironically not only doesn't work, but it makes the problem worse. And the National Academy of Sciences found this, that by go that keeping the populations at these artificially low levels and then going in every few years and removing hundreds of animals, they're actually causing the horses to reproduce at their biological maximum potential. Their management practices are fueling high reproductive rates. They're creating their own reality. And there is an alternative technology. It is available, and the BLM is just not using it. Yeah, Brett, have you uh, explored that idea with the BLM or with the officials in Iron County? If they're so concerned, perhaps uh, the vaccination is the way to go instead of a roundup. Yeah, this is something that the BLM has had you know, before them for a very long time, and it's also something that other um, wildlife agencies, you know, Utah specifically, also has, has have explored for other populations, uh, urban deer populations, um, where there's no hunting and they need to control the numbers. Um, it is uh, a way to do it. Um, uh, the uh, uh, the BLM's requested budget just came out, and it included some more money for research on this again. Um, critics say it's time that the research is over and it's time to implement what we know about it. Um, uh, it is uh, a known commodity in the wildlife world that when you do um, remove certain things that, that, that Mother Nature has its way of controlling its own populations and when you uh, um, remove 
the animals that are on the land, you create space for more, and Mother Nature produces more. Um, and that so that does fit into what Suzanne is saying about uh, if you continue to remove these animals. Again, the, the the big issue there is that once you remove the animals, you put you have to put them somewhere. Where do they go? There's not enough people in the world that can afford to adopt them and take care of them, and they end up in these places where you know that they're like prisoners and we're paying for them to be in prison um, right. and they're not being um, uh, utilized by the public um, or you know uh, yeah so it's it's a really difficult situation and it's building up and it's I, it, it seems quite apparent that it's time for a change on many levels mm. I, I want to get to another email um, our time is dwindling quickly uh, this is from Lib Gentile how can you even begin this discussion without bringing in the extortion that iron counting is employing regarding the roundup of illegal cattle just the other side of the state border. Um, I, I think this is referring to the Cliven Bundy, um, the, the Nevada rancher whose cattle have been grazing on federal land for, for years. He, he's refused to, to pay for permits from the BLM to have those uh, grazing cattle. Yesterday the BLM started confiscating his cattle. Um, so this emailer continues, um, Iron County's attitude is that illegal cattle grazing on federal lands is a God-given right to the ranchers and the BLM has no right to either regulate grazing or charge the pittance of a grazing fee. Uh, he refers to Clive and Bundy. Uh, he, uh, Mr. Bundy acts as if he and his family are above the law and Iron <laughs> County is in his pocket. I guess, uh, Brett, how does Iron County fit into the Clive and Bundy case, if at all? Well, it's an interesting thing, and I think that uh, mostly um, Iron County kind of used it as an example uh, that the, the, the BLM law enforcement side was going to spend all this money to go in and, and remove these illegal cows. And if they have this money to spend on these illegal cows, why don't they have money to spend on the wild horse program? The answer simply is that they're different funds. They're different uh, budgets, and there's different money allocated for different things. Um, it's there's obviously a lot going on. I I think um, realistically they're they're different things, but at the deeper core they're obviously connected. Hmm. Uh, speaking with Salt Lake Tribune outdoor writer Brett Prettyman, also with us Suzanne Roy with the American Wild Horse Preservation Campaign. Uh, our time is short, um, but finally a thought from Commissioner Miller. He extends an invitation to opponents to weigh in and participate in a solution. Uh, rather than sort of lobbying from afar. Suzanne, is that uh, a possibility? And what kind of solutions could you see? Uh, what alternatives besides the Roundup? We've talked about the, the vaccinations. Is there anything else that you see is missing from, from the table? Yeah, the, there two, the solution is two-pronged. One is to shift the BLM's management priorities from Roundups toward managing on the range with fertility control. The second is to look at how resources are being allocated on this small amount of land where wild horses are allowed to live. And we need a fairer share of resources for the wild horses, which is going to mean reductions in livestock grazing in these herd management areas. But again, it's a tiny fraction of the public lands that are available to the ranchers for livestock grazing. So I think we can get together on the solution of using fertility control. It's going to be a little bit a harder fight to, to get a fairer share of resources in these herd management areas, but once there's some equity and fairness and on-the-range management in a humane way, that, that that's the solution that's going to 
solve this prolonged controversy. In the meanwhile, in the short term, I suppose, uh, Brett, Iron County says it's pressing forward. Um, a, a timetable, what are the next steps? I think the timetable changes every day, probably three or four times a day. It depends on, on what happens. It depends on um, uh, legal threats that emerge um, and uh, challenges, obstacles that face them as they um, try to proceed with this. Um, uh, I think that their their major point was to make a point, and they've done that. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see um, what the next steps are. Will they proceed with a roundup? If you ask them, they are, and they're going to. Um, and they're not going to wait for the BLM to do it forever. Um, it's it's uh, it's a heated situation, and it's it's going to uh, remain that way until uh, something happens. Mm. Well, definitely, you'll be following this, Brett Prettyman with the Salt Lake Tribune. Thanks so much. Thank you. And Suzanne Roy, thank you for your time as well. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. And you can find a lot more about this controversy about wild horses. Also, lots of BLM issues on the table at sltrib.com. I'm Jennifer Napier-Pierce with the Salt Lake Tribune. Thanks for joining us for Trib Talk today. We'll see you next time.